it's always enjoyable. Tend to spend longer with God on Wednesdays, more time. So I found this poem. The name is Can You Fly? Um, it says, sorry. I'm convinced there are two types of people in this world. Those who can fly and those who can't. Now, if you're a flyer, you know exactly what I mean. You're reading this and you're shaking your head, yes, with a smile on your face. If you're not, you think I'm crazy. And well, I very and while I very well may be, I can also fly, or at least I could. And while you wonder if I mean in my dreams, I guess so. But seems like a shame to limit it to that. Since those dreams were a reality to me, I could fly and I did all over the place. Now, there are different kinds, kinds of flyers. There are those who only rise above their beds and more float than fly. And then there are those who truly take off and head wherever they so please. I was that kind of flyer. Would run, flap my wings around, and then breaststroke my way into the clouds above. I miss flying. You see, I haven't done it in a while. I think as we grow older, there's a tendency for life to wear us down. And it's just so hard to take flight. As we, as we lose our naivety, we also lose our flying ability. And of all the things I miss about my childhood, flying is what I miss most. Perhaps this is why for my 40th birthday, I wanted to skydive. After all, skydiving seemed closest I was going to get to the real thing. And so I was set, I was all set to go and do it. But there was one small, small glitch. My husband, this is a woman that was writing this thing. My husband was absolutely terrified of the idea. At first, I thought he was kidding. But after a few sleepless nights, I realized that this plan of mine was truly traumatizing to him. And so we decided to ask our rabbi, our spiritual mentor, for his opinion. And we were both willing to go along with what he suggested. Bottom line was, he told me I had the power to fly in my mind. He reiterated, he, he, he reiterated a certain teaching that the person is where his or her thoughts are. So while I tried pushing a bit and suggesting I really wanted to fly both in mind and body, he insisted that I could fly with my feet firmly, firmly planted on the ground. I think we'll come back to this. While initially this didn't seem to suffice in exchange for a 5,000 foot jump from a plane, we had agreed to listen and listen we did. Needless to say, my husband was finally breathing and sleeping once again the month we received this response. And I then needed to figure out how to experience, experience this flying in my head as my rabbi assured me I could. So I meditated on the idea. I started to question more and more why I wanted to skydive in the first place. Was it the thrill of something new? Was it the rush I would feel free falling? Was it the flying through the air that I wanted so badly to feel again? In a way, it was all of them, but in truth, the freedom and excitement and experience from the jump itself would be temporary. If I really wanted this to be a part of my life, I needed to be able to fly whenever and wherever, whenever I wanted to or needed to. My, what, my, what my rabbi was telling me or empowering me with was the ability to create my reality and experience that reality through how I choose to think about it. I think I need to read this again. What my rabbi was telling me or empowering me with was the ability to create my reality and experience that reality through how I chose to think about it. I, I wish I wish we were sitting beside ourselves and I'm not giving you everyone one kind of look like this, like mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> um flying to me represents being able to remove myself from what binds or limits me. When I fly, I can see things from a different vantage point. I can see the bigger picture. I can also see my own surroundings and um, from a new perspective. It was certainly not coincidental. It was certainly not coincidental that I wanted to skydive for my 40th birthday. 
um, in the ethics of our fathers, it teaches how we, how each age we reach gains new abilities. As it is said, that when one when one turns forty, one attains understanding. My lesson, my goal, needs to be learn and understand how to experience and create what needs to be done, not always through how I act, but through how I think. I'm going to read that again. My lesson, my goal, needs to be to learn and understand how to create and experience what needs to be done, not always through how I act, but through how I think. I, need to be, I don't need to physically jump to fly. If anything, an actual jump would never match the flying I experienced when I was in, in my mind as a child. After all, when I used to fly, there was no parachute. It was the real deal. I'm going to skip this part. Hey, good. Can you fly? Where do you keep your mind? Do you, do you believe you can fly? <laughs> you have an ability within you to create and experience your reality through how you choose to think about it. God, I want to fly. <laughs> I want to fly. And when when it looks like I'm facing some kind of very strong-headed obstacle, I want to just fly. I want to, without jumping, without running, just fly. And it's all in your mind. All in your mind. Let's fly. <laughs> Let's do our. And while while thinking about the things you're grateful for, you actually you might actually start to fly. When you start to realize how good God has been to you and how intentional it has been, I mean there are some things that could have happened yesterday or the, the day before that you might have forgotten. Chances are, if you ever feel like you have a bad day, you have forgotten some of the good things that happened the day before. The chances are, are like very, very high that you might have forgotten the good things that happened the day before. So the reason you're grounded and you cannot fly is because at that time you have, you have not remembered what was helping you to fly before. without worries and without burdens. As I, this writing is really good, actually. You can go back to it. You can go back to something you wrote three days ago, Seth, and you'll be like, wait, are you serious? Did this really happen to me? Wow. <laughs> Every time I'm about to be like, wow. Her voice is a little sticker when she says it. Wow. Let me not stop. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so we're going to write a few things that are grateful for. I'm not even sure if I should play songs. So, we'll not play songs. Just get the pyro, the paper. Take a deep breath. Take three deep breaths. And then remember, spend like actually go through your day again in your mind try to remind yourself from the morning to the afternoon to the evening what did you have for breakfast if you did not fast what did you do today and so on and so forth then try to remember the details of your day the details of the, the encounters you had with people and all that remember everything so yes, let's see for the next five minutes, that's what we'll be doing. So please try to be as intentional as possible. Try not to get distracted. Um, yeah.
You can actually go through yesterday's entry. Then we write down a grade school for. So we started. Today we're not playing music to do it. We're doing it in silence. So. Hi Zoe, welcome. Um, so right now, what we're doing is we're writing at least five things that we're grateful for. <clears throat> we're also going through some of the things we wrote, might have written yesterday or the day before. Just using them as references to remind us to remind ourselves that we have a lot to be grateful for, and then. Today we're doing it in silence. We're not listening to any music or anything. We're, we're just doing it. How many minutes? Let's let's just say we have like five minutes. Five minutes left. So we can write exhaustively. And then I'd also advise that we do not get distracted. Like don't <clears throat> if you start writing and let maybe you finish. Try not to leave, like try not to go and do something else. Don't be in a hurry. Just sit down and allow the Holy Spirit to continue to bring more things to your remembrance. You can make more space, write everything that comes to your mind. Excuse me.
Hi Gloria. Um, so right now we're just writing at least five things that we're grateful for. And today we're not doing it with music. We're also referencing some of the things we have written maybe yesterday or the day before. In any day, shall. We're referencing some of the things you might have written before that we're grateful for. So. Oh, five minutes went fast. Um, I don't know if anybody is done. We may have done. But I'm almost done. I don't think I'll take up to five minutes here, but let's just stay a little longer. Please.
There's anything else right or right? <laughs> um, I don't know where I was. I feel like I was writing a lot slower <clears throat> than I would usually write. Yeah. Exactly. It's actually something else. okay, I think it's in this order. <sighs> There's something that I really like most to listen to. Now I have to find it. Prayer do. Um so there are a lot of things happening in Nigeria. And um, today, I even sent this, I think I might send it to the group, this particular recording. I I can't say exactly what it is, but there's something about it. Maybe it's the words that they said, or the way they said what they said. But um, it's clear that there's something about it. So I'm going to send, I don't want to promise that I'll send it. If someone can remind me, please do. Um, so I'll just play it. It's eight minutes. Eight minutes from now is like one. Heaven will have us lend our voices against the evil in the land. On Monday, a young lady was going back home from work in Bagada. Somebody took her laptop and a phone, stabbed her in the neck, and she died. We raise the sound. And we call on the God of our land to bring justice. To bring justice. To bring justice. And it's quite the God of our land. Oh, oh, Let's go. Let's go. 
mighty in this place. The spirit of the Lord God is mighty in the land. And the spirit of the Lord God is mighty in Just explain exactly why. <clears throat> um, what should I read? As Christians, okay. Um, in Daniel two. Daniel 2 is basically Daniel boasting about God. He's bragging, he's making it clear that every other thing, every other thing that men try to put together cannot replace God in the lives of human in the lives of men, sorry. Um there was a place where I was really smiling when I read it. it said there's a God that reveals secrets, there's a God in heaven that reveals secrets. And he made this particular statement a few times. To make it clear that there's a difference between the God that we serve and the God that people have decided to worship. So I'll give you the example of someone walking down a street in the night. And then you see this shadow. And this shadow looks so scary. Okay, let's say there are two people. So the first person begins to bind and like get scared. And he's like, ah, maybe they are village people or something like that. And then the second person just keeps walking. And then the person walks towards the shadow and sees that it's just rags. Rags that someone hung on their gate or something. That had a very strange shape. What the first person now that was scared and was and was running away from this shadow is a real story. First person that was scared and was running away from this shadow was like really, really screaming, almost traumatized. Like the kind of screams would have <laughs> meant to pass out. Imagine passing out because somebody hung rags on their burglary. I think most of us know what burglary is. So imagine almost passing out because someone hung rags on their burglary and he had this strange shape. I feel like that's what. Is happening to many people. And what praying in tongues or praying in the spirit does, I'm, I'm intentionally trying to separate them because of some reasons. All of them are praying with the Holy Ghost, praying in line with His will. We're not, pray, we're not trying to get something to happen. God already lives in us. We are one spirit with him. So we don't need to try to make something happen. So because we have, because we serve the God who is in heaven, who reveals secrets, it will be a shame for us to be making the same mistakes everyone else, are make, everyone else makes. There is a God in heaven that reveals secrets. It means we have access to top secret information. You know, the Bible says about Elisha that this is one of my favorite stories actually. <laughs> that the king will be planning against the children of I think Judah or Israel in his room 
He will call like only five people. They will have a meeting inside his room. Elisha will be in his house in another city. The Lord will reveal what that king is listening, what the king is planning. And Elisha would warn um, the children of Israel, basically. And this king, from his chamber, from all his plans, nothing was, nothing was able to work because of how specific what Elisha was getting was. Because of how specific what, what was revealed to Elisha was. I think there's a, there's a need. Imagine if... How do I show this? This, this is the direction the Lord is having us going. Imagine if we had that kind of prophet or those kind of people in this day. We do. Some of them are ignored. Some of them are unaware that they have this kind of gift or they have this kind of calling in their lives. Everybody is now having to pay. You have to be more intentional. I know it sounds like I'm going around and around, but I'm going to like, get back to the point. Um, we serve a God who reveals secrets. We shouldn't have to struggle. We shouldn't have to make a million mistakes before getting one right. We can be more accurate than that. We can be more specific. Can um, Elisha Do you remember where Elisha said to his servants that they are more with us than they are against us? Second Kings six. Second Kings chapter six. But not just chapter six, sorry. Let's start we can start from like chapter five. Jehovah Sabeo, Lord of the heavenly armies. Jehovah Sabeo. Okay, chapter 6, verse 18. Um, but the king of Aram, Aram is the opposing king. Second king 6 verse 8. The king of Aram was, let me use another translation that is easy to understand. NIV. Hopefully they don't. Reduce the meaning. Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. The man of God sends word to the king of Israel, beware of passing that place, because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king. Mm. Hi, Chazo. Time and again, um, we're reading Second Kings chapter six. Think one verse nine, verse ten. Um, again, start from verse eight again. Lord of the heavenly armies, I use good news translation. The king of Syria was at war with Israel. He consulted his officers and chose a place to set up his camp. But Elisha sends word to the king of Israel, warning him not to go near that place, because the Syrians are waiting to ambush, are waiting in ambush there. So the king of Israel warned the people who lived in that place, and they were on guard. This happened several times. The Syrian king became greatly upset over this. He called his officers and asked them, which one of you is on the side of the king of Israel? One of them answered, no one is your majesty. The prophet Elisha tells the king of Israel, what you see, even in the privacy of your own room. Um, verse 13, find out where he is, the king ordered, and I will capture him. And when he, when he was told that Elisha was in a certain city, he sent a large force there with horses and chariots, and they 
reached into the town at night and they reached the town at night and surrounded it. Early the next morning, Elisha's servant got up and went out, went out of the house. And um, this verse 15. Early the next morning, Elisha, <laughs> Elisha's servant got up and went out of the house, and he saw the Syrian troops with their horses and with their chariots surrounding the town. He went back to Elisha and exclaimed, <laughs> "We are doomed! <laughs> we are doomed, sir! What shall we do?" Elisha said, do not be afraid. We have more on our side than they are, than they have on theirs. Then verse 17, then he prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And the Lord answered his prayer and his servant looked up and saw the hillside covered with horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. I feel like generally, if we're not careful, would miss a lot of symbolism. What does this represent? If we're not careful, it's so easy to miss a lot of it. I mean, it's clear that it was not literal chariots of fire, but what does a chariot of fire mean? Uh, something to unravel. I don't want to just assume, sure, that's why I'm not talking. But I'll do prayerfully looking to it. I think there's more there. And the average person will just see. Imagine somebody not not being safe in their own team. Imagine if actually <laughs> there are a lot of things that are just coming to my head at once. I'm sorry. Um let me keep quiet so I don't talk too much. Give me a minute. Let me find this verse. Where is it? Okay, verse six, verse seventeen. Jehovah Shabbat, the Lord of the heavenly armies. Oh, he just saw what God had already placed. I feel like this opening, okay, yes, makes sense now. It makes sense now. It makes sense. It makes sense. So when he says he opened his eyes, it doesn't necessarily mean he started to actually literally see chariots of fire all around. It means it was revealed to him. The word of God came alive to him is what it means. It might sound like I don't know what I'm saying, but don't worry, I'll, I'll prove it. Psalm 119 verse 18. Open down my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Um, in Luke chapter, is it 26 or 24? I think it's 24 verse 42. I'm not sure, sure. But there was a group of people Jesus was walking work, with, and the Bible says, he opened their eyes that they may understand the scriptures. And when he opened their eyes, they saw him. But they were already walking with him. So it was clearly not a physical sight. It was revelation. The word that they had been reading, the word that Jesus had been explaining to them on that trip finally made sense. So when he talks about his eyes were opened, what is what it means is he finally caught the revelation. He was no longer worried. I don't know if um you know there are some Christians, I'm not trying to mock anybody, but there are some people who have had experiences with God but still have a problem believing him. Because experience in itself is not enough, it is not sustainable. Sleeping and dreaming and seeing fire in your dreams doesn't necessarily mean you wake up confident that God has angels protecting you is until the word of God comes alive in you that it begins to make sense. So when Elisha prayed that the Lord should open the eyes of his servant, God really literally opened his eyes, but not the physical eyes. Ephesians 1 verse 18 says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know the, what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So when we pray to God, sometimes he doesn't just give us some fiery experience. He'll give us the word first. All these things are biblical. But I'm not sure. Um, I think I need to add some more references. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm thinking there are a few that came to my mind. Mm. Let me see. 
This might take us still longer. Mm. Okay. Acts chapter 26. So open their eyes to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and the inheritance um, among them that are sanctified by faith that is in me. Okay. <laughs> if you're not sure, please DM me. I'll explain more. Okay. Basically, opening of eyes is revelation. Understanding. Finally, you think finally clicking. Finally making sense. That's what it represents. A lot of cases. There are many other references. But then, you are not going to sleep here. Um... Some of the verses that could have been the ones that made sense to him were there's certain Psalms 34 verse 7. The angel of God encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. Psalm 68 verse 17. The chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of angels. The Lord is among them, as in Sinai, um, the holy place. Psalm 91 verse 11, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. <sighs> Thank you, Lord. I pray that the Lord opens our own eyes to see that they are more with us than they are against us. They are more for us than they are against us. Sometimes I don't feel bad for my <laughs> I don't. I have actually felt bad for my teachers a few times, um, because what I I don't enter my class alone. I enter with a battalion of angels. I'm actually really aware of it. My eyes have been open to it. You don't have to be special for your eyes to be open. As a child of God, you can pray and your eyes will be open. That is the thing that makes you special. The thing that makes us special is that we are seen by God, the, the fact that he sees us important enough to reveal these things to us. Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of the heavenly armies. No, no, actually, I, I, I want to confess. I have a confession to make. I did not plan any of these things that just happened. Everything makes sense and adding up as if it was the plan. It was not my plan. It was God's plan. Um, I think I'll, okay, there's Matthew 26 verse 53 where Peter went to cut off someone's ear because he was trying to protect, protect Jesus Jesus said thinkest thou not that I can thinkest thou that I cannot pray my father and he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels I don't even think we know what angels are I think that's the only problem. Sometimes when we think of angels, we think of just somebody wearing white clothes on the inside of our door. <laughs> uh, it sounds cool, but it's more than that. It's much, much more than that. Hey, God, it's much, much more than that. Oh, my God. Where do I start? Please. Another thing is, we have to be careful when it comes to things like this. Because I, I remember there was a time where it was trending to try to find out your angel names or something like that. All those things are demonic. Does it? Unless the, in the Bible, most of the times, unless, hey, unless the angel came and the Lord asked him to tell, I permitted him to let you know what his name is. There was a time where I think it was Gideon's parents that asked um, the angel for his name. And he said, why do you want to know my name? There was a time God sent me to... I don't understand this story. Anyway, there was a time God sent me to evangelize to one man like this. So I finished talking to this man now. Um, thank God for word of knowledge and all. This man was so convicted. God is good, actually. He made... The man was aware now that God was seeing his problems. Me, man, I'm just there to obey. 
I did not even know what was going on. Um, so the man was like, what is my name? What is my name? He wants to save my number. I was like, oh, God, please. <laughs> Why are you asking for my name? <laughs> I was quoting that in that thing, that incident. Why are you asking for my name? So please avoid all these angel names and all those things. They're not of God. <laughs> um, again, yoga is also not of God. Please avoid yoga because literally the meaning of yoga means to be channeling, you're, you're turning your body into some kind of channel. The body is already the temple of the Holy Ghost. You don't need extra guests. Please. What else? What else? I feel some of us need to let's all take our spiritual lives more seriously. Um, I would say God causes rain to fall on the just and on the unjust. Rain there could be a good thing, or it means it's a good thing really, but it means the same things that happen, the same problems everybody faces, like everybody faces the same problems. Our advantage is not that we do not face problems. Our advantage is our accuracy in dealing with our problems. The fact that we don't have to write our tests, we don't have to face our tests twice. This is the, I'm not talking about tests like in school or failing a test and having to rewrite it. Can that, that, even that failing and having to rewrite it might just be a test that you can pass. But what I'm talking about is a scenario that does not look good. It doesn't have to happen more than once. We can deal with it and get over it the first time. Ah, God just made Lord, the God that reveals secrets and the God of angel armies is the same person. What if the secret is even trying to reveal to you is that you're protected? Your family is safe, your loved ones are safe. That you don't need to be as scared and as worried as you are. Because even if you're scared, it's not like you can protect them by yourself. So leave it at the altar. <sighs> Thank you, Lord. Then I do I say this without talking too much? I actually feel like people are awake today. Like most of us are awake today. So I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. Okay, so there was this thing I saw today. An analogy that it used to ex um, someone used to explain wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Sorry if you're tired of my voice, though. I don't know why I thought of that. Sir. Anyway. Let me see, is it this one? Maybe not this one. Over here. Jehovah Sabaoth, Lord of the Heavenly Armies. So in the Bible, there are different words used for wisdom and for understanding. And wisdom, understanding, and knowledge are different. They are not different like God. They are distinct. They are distinct. That's better. Mm. Okay, I'll read this later. God. If I don't find this thing, we'll just continue. I 
Alright, and I can't the, the example I'm looking for is not here. Should I say it from my head? Where's the time? No. Um do, 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 do. God who one needs this now. Oh So, alright, so we move. We've prayed for Nigeria, I believe. Oh my god, what next? Um, okay. Oh, we're just going to be quiet. Wait, what? Good evening, Professor David. Welcome. So we're just going to be quiet for the next few minutes. Let's soak in what we've heard or what we've heard throughout the day whatever it could be just give ourselves a few minutes So, yes, thank God for that. I don't know if it's only me that is hearing this thing that sounds like a cricket. Anyway, um, the angels of God encamp around about them that fear him and deliver them. You are surrounded. God has an army watching over each and every one of us. Do not be scared, do not be worried, humanize or um, belittle your fears, belittle your worries, bring them down. God has taken care of them, God knows how to protect you. Do not be afraid when you're going out, do not be afraid when you're coming in, do not worry about your families, worry in the sense that you you start to panic and do all these things. God has you protected. Worrying doesn't help. Trust God. Trusting is not a passive activity. It's something you actively do. It's a verb. To trust God is it's, you're actually doing something by trusting him. You're doing something by remembering how faithful he has been. It is a doing thing. So please remember that God has already been faithful. Remember that God has, has shown up many times. He has not forgotten how to be God. You don't need to remind him. Let's trust God. Don't be little to him by your worry. Don't try to use your worry to take your problem out of his hand. You cannot handle what you're, what you're dealing with, so why not trust him to handle it? Imagine I, I pay an all-expense paid 
I give you a ticket with an all expense paid trip to Dubai, Dubai. And then you still come and worry and, and start telling me things like, um, how much was the, the flight ticket, please? Then you start, or you start trying to save so you can pay me back for something I'm freely giving you. I feel insulted. And sometimes I don't know how we human beings do it. When we try to take our problems, take our problems out of God's hands, it's not like we can handle it. If you want to travel to Dubai, believe God, the ticket is flying around. Just receive it by faith. <laughs> I receive my own. So I forget. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm serious. We need to trust God. He's faithful. So we'll end with this. Okay, let me read that scripture. Hebrews 10, verse 36. becoming a, a staple you need to be patient in order to do the will of god to receive what he promises but i like another version yeah this will some of these versions tend to mix up the things anyway for you need perseverance so that after you have done the will of god you may receive the promise um i think it's kjv for you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. This is the promise I was looking for. The promise. You have need of patience. So that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. The will of God is that you will be. If you have an exam or a test, you study. But you still have need of patience. You have need of patience. All right. Thank you, Jesus. So, would anyone volunteer to pray for us before we close? Do, do, do. Church would have liked. Anyone? It's uh, some kind of um, background. Much there, we can't hear you. Sorry. I don't know if it can be fixed. I think it has worked well before. Oh, I said, would anyone like to pray for us to close? I think that one wants to pray. Or, I don't know.
I feel like there's a ten sometimes we do this thing. Let will somebody like to pray, then everybody is like I'm sure somebody else will pray in their head. Anyway. So that do help us. Thank you all for joining tonight. Zoe, it was nice to see you. Um, yeah. All right. Good night, everyone. Sleep well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Chinaza. Good night, Zoe. Good night. Good night, Jachi. Good night, Prof. Good night. Be blessed. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good night, everyone. See you guys tomorrow. I mean, talk to you guys tomorrow. Bye-bye.